Well, I want to welcome everybody here in the auditorium, the atrium, joining us online for week two of our seven-week series, 40 Days of Prayer. And if you missed last week, go online. You can watch that message from last week. And I want to encourage everybody, if you're not in a small group, I'll get in one or start one because we have six videos for you to watch and discuss, and you do those in the in the small groups. And our teaching team has made those videos. You watch the first one this week. And if you're not in one or you want to start one, go to the table in the atrium. They'll tell you how to do that. And you can start a group. You don't need like 10 people. You need one person. You and another person could be a group. Maybe each of you gets one more. I think it's good to watch a video, discuss it, you know, with three or four people. But I hope everybody will do that. Be here every weekend for the series, series on prayer. And prayer's a gigantic subject with all kinds of factors uh, to it. Somebody uh, typed prayer into Amazon. They found 136,000 books on prayer. Google says there's 136 million web pages on prayer around the world, including four million videos on prayer, six million news articles on prayer. So I don't think we'll have any trouble spending seven weeks on this subject. It's a gigantic subject. I heard a story about a guy. He went to this big revival meeting and the preacher's up there preaching. He's really going for it. And he says, at the end, he says, if anybody's in need and you want prayer, come down, I wanna pray for you. And so this guy comes down and he's in line when it's his turn. Uh, the preacher says, what would you like to pray, uh, want me to pray for in your life? And the guy said, would you pray for my hearing? And the preacher said, yeah. He put one finger in his ear, another finger on top of his head. He prayed real long, real hard, a lot of emotions. When he was done, he took his hands away. He said, how's your hearing now? And the guy said, I don't know. It's not till Wednesday. Prayer. Well, today I'm going to talk about dangerous prayers. Dangerous prayers. The prayers I'm going to suggest, they are not for the faint of heart. They're not for wimps. These prayers I'm talking about today, this is not mealtime, bedtime, business as usual prayers. I'm going to lay out four high-risk prayers. High-risk prayers. They should have warning lights all over them. I mean, you pray these prayers, they'll wreak havoc in your life. Now, once you pray them, you'll be glad you prayed them. But these things, these prayers, they'll upset the apple cart. They will throw a wrench in your carefully planned out life. They'll take you down unexpected roads. Now, once you're down the roads, you prayed the prayer. You'll look in the rearview mirror. You'll go, I'm glad I prayed that. But initially, it can be very, very challenging when we pray these prayers. Here's the first one. You can write them down. First prayer was a courageous prayer prayed by David. It's found in Psalm 139. It's called, search me, number one. Search me, God. Let me give you the full version of this prayer. Psalm 139, beginning at verse 23. David's praying. He says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. 
I mean, those are pretty famous words. Some of you have heard them before, but maybe you never heard them in their context. I'll give it to you. Psalm 139, David is praying. He's praying, and he's overwhelmed as he prays with how good God has been to him. And he's giving thanks to God as he's praying. And all of a sudden, while he's giving thanks to God, he gets a little thought in his mind. What comes to his mind? He pictures people he knows that are antagonistic. They're rebellious towards God. You know, people who curse God. People whose lives fly in the face of everything God's about. You know the kind of people. And David starts thinking of these kind of people as he's giving thanks for how wonderful God is. And he cries out, actually, in the middle of the prayer. Look at this, Psalm 139, verse 21. He goes, I hate those who hate you, Lord. And if that weren't good enough, he says, I have nothing but hatred for them. I have nothing but hatred. I count them as enemies. I got hatred on steroids for them. And David's saying this, and it's essential we get this. It's central we get this. He's saying, I don't get it. I don't get it. How could anybody, how could any living, breathing human being ignore or reject a God that's as wonderful as you are? How could it possibly be? He's saying, I don't get it. Why wouldn't everybody give their life to you, God? And in that moment, in that moment, it's like lightning strikes and a thought occurs to him and he gasps and he goes, wait a minute, here I am judging all these people, judging all these people who maybe haven't fully submitted their life to God. And he goes, maybe there's a little pocket of resent, uh, rebellion and resistance inside of me. Maybe there's a little dark closet somewhere inside of me that's not fully surrendered to God. And so with extraordinary courage, he prays, search me, God. Test me, know my anxious thoughts. Expose whatever little secret exists inside of me that's not fully surrendered to you. God, bring it to life so that by your, by your power and your grace, it can be removed, removed, put out of my life. And he's serious. I mean, what a prayer. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been around people that you know, their lives fly in the face of everything God's about, you know. Maybe you've been around people, uh, you know, in settings where people are mocking God or trivializing the Bible, and all of a sudden you start thinking, man, man, why doesn't God deal with these people? It's a lot easier to ask God to deal with other people than to get alone and say a prayer and say, hey, God, deal with me, deal with me. It's a lot easier to ask God to deal with other people than to get along and say, God, what about my life? Deal with me, deal with me. I mean, my shoes are the only spiritual shoes I'm responsible for. And same for you, same for you. I mean, have you ever prayed a search me prayer? You willing to pray a search me prayer today? That's a dangerous thing. I mean, some of us, we don't wanna pray a search me prayer because we know where the spotlight would go on in our life. We know what the Holy Spirit would light up in our life. You know, we know, then we would know, oh, that thing, that's the thing that needs changing in my life. And then the challenge would be, are we gonna deal with it or not? Some of us, we don't wanna pray to search me prayer because we know we got an issue in our life that we don't wanna let go of. 
We don't want to go with that thing. We pray the search me prayer. God's going to expose something. God's going to bring it to light. We're going to have to deal with it. We'll have to deal with maybe how we're treating our body, how we're handling our money, how we're, how we're uh, dealing with our anger, our temper. Maybe we'll have to deal with a, a resentment or a bitterness that's inside of us. Maybe it's an addiction we don't want anybody to know about. Whatever. You pray a search me prayer. Here's why it's dangerous. God will answer it. That's why it's dangerous. God will put the light on something. It'll get exposed. Then in that moment, we got a big choice. We gonna trust God? We gonna turn from it? With God's help, we gonna go to therapy, get in recovery? What are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? We gonna face it, deal with it, and with God's help, let it go? Huh? You do. If you do, you pray this prayer. You ask God to help you with that, whatever that thing is, to move beyond it. God will answer that prayer. It'll be hard at first, but when you look back, you'll say, I'm so glad I prayed that prayer because God answered it. But the search me prayer, you pray it at your own risk. You do. Here's the second prayer, second one. This one's two words also. Uh, very dangerous prayer, high-risk prayer. Here's what it is. Stretch me, stretch me. You know, in the first century, uh, the early church, when it was being built, Romans and others, they were persecuting those early Christians. Some people, those early followers of Jesus, they were hunted down, dragged off in the night. They were murdered, many of them, for their faith in Jesus. And in Acts 4, we read, these core believers, this early church, they got together in the face of this persecution, and they prayed. They prayed. What do you think they prayed in the face of all that persecution? They prayed a stretch me prayer. It's Acts 4, 29. Look at this. They're praying in face of all this persecution. They pray. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. God, when the soldiers knock on the door and when they drag us off in the middle of the night, we don't want to cave in. We don't want to cave in. We want to take a stand. We want to be bold. We want to stay strong all the way to the end, if that's the way it goes. Increase our courage. Stretch our faith. Stretch our boldness. I mean, what a prayer. What a prayer. If I'd have been in a situation like that, I'd be praying. I'd be praying, God, send guns. Send bombs. Improve my aim. Get me out of this mess. Here's these early believers in this room. They go, God, stretch our faith. Stretch us so we can meet the opposition with courage and boldness. It was a religious, uh, a religious teacher by the name of Nicodemus. He comes to Jesus one night. He asked Jesus, he asked him about, you know, how does a person become a follower of you? What's that all about? Look at what he said. Jesus says to him, John 3, 3. Jesus says, I tell you, and that's Nicodemus. I tell you, Nicodemus, the truth. Unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Jesus upset his apple cart by explaining every human being, he says, it's got to be born from above. 
Every human being has got to have their inner spiritual life ignited through faith in Jesus to fully experience the kingdom of God here on earth. And I think Nicodemus in that moment, I think he prayed a stretch me prayer. I think Nicodemus prayed. I think he prayed, I don't want to shut down right now. I don't want to be closed off to this, this new idea. God, stretch my spiritual understanding. Help me to wrap my arms around what this means to be born from above, to be born again, and help me to act on it. I mean, have you ever prayed a stretch me prayer? They come in all shapes, all sizes. They do. Like, like have you ever been in a long line? Long line, and it's going real slow, and you're tempted to pray, God, speed this thing up. Instead, you could pray a stretch me prayer. You could go, God, stretch my patience in the midst of this. Increase my self-control. Diminish my homicidal tendencies. A stretch me prayer. Stretch my patience instead of asking God to hurry the whole thing up. They come in all shapes and sizes. You ever been going about your day and somebody you know, you run into them and you can tell they're struggling, they're hurting about something in their life. And you're, you're busy, you're moving fast, you got things to do, people to see, places to go. They're gonna, and you just wanna move on, they're slowing you down. You're probably moving too fast. They're slowing you down. They wanna talk for a moment. You're tempted to take the Dr. Phil approach. Are you kidding me? Come on, get with the program. But instead, you could pray a stretch me prayer. In that moment, you could say, God, stretch my compassion, stretch my empathy, stretch my kindness. God, stretch my faith to, to believe I could spend time with this person I know that's hurting, that is struggling right now. I can be present with them and listen and I can trust you, God, I'll still get my work done. You will see to that. I mean, you could say, stretch my empathy, my kindness in that moment. I mean, these come in all shapes and sizes. I read this week about it. A guy was reminiscing with an old friend about regrets they had in their life. First guy says, you know what one of mine was? Way back when I was in high school, I was asked, to a turnaround dance. That's where girls ask the guys. And he said, this girl asked me to go to this dance. And this girl was not in the inner circle, the cool group. You know, she was bright. She was bright. She was talented. She was artistic. You know, but for some reason, she was like in the outer fringe of the cool group at the school. And so I said, I said no to her. As gently and as firmly as I could. He said, now when I look back all these years later, do you know why I said no? I said no, because I was afraid what other people would think about me. I was afraid they'd think I'm not in a cool group. He said, that's why I said it. He said, they'd think I'm not in a cool group. This is what he said, I could have gone. I, could, I would have had a great night. I should have ignored the whole stupid system in the school about who's in and who's out. Instead of letting it have any power over my life, he said, if I could do high school over again, I'd go to the dance. There's always people around you. Always people around you that feel left out. 
Could be somebody at school, somebody at work, people just don't pay attention to. Could be somebody in the neighborhood, a widow, widower, doesn't get visited much. Maybe there's a wall, a wall between you and, and another person, someone of a different race, speaks a different language. They're a different age than you, different generation, different sexual orientation than you have. And you don't mean for there to be a barrier, but you haven't taken any steps to knock it down. You could pray a stretch me prayer. You could begin a relationship, a friendship with somebody different than you. You could, you could. You could say yes to the dance. Stretch me prayers, they're powerful. But to be honest, they're risky, they're, co they're costly. By the way, those core believers, those core believers in the early church, when they prayed that stretch our boldness prayer, persecution continued. They did get dragged off in the middle of the night. And God answered their prayer. Those early Christ followers, many of them stayed courageous and faithful as they were being herded into the Colosseum in Rome, fed the lions, and set on fire. Some of them sang hymns as they burned to death. God answered their prayer. They stayed faithful right to the end. And remember Nicodemus? He prayed to stretch my spiritual understanding. Eventually, he did understand what it meant to be born again. And he was. He was. Stretch me prayer. To have a bigger heart. Deeper faith. To build a bridge. To take a bold stand when everybody's caving in. That's what we want. I mean, don't we want to be those kind of people? But we've got to pray the prayer first. We've got to pray, God, stretch me, stretch me. And again, we pray the prayer, God will answer it. God will answer it. But you got to pray it, you got to pray it. Here's the third one, third two. This is also a two-word prayer. This one gives no relief from danger whatsoever. Here it is. Lead me, lead me is the third one, lead me. This one taps a real chord inside of me because you know what? I feel like, I feel really my whole life, I feel like God has led me in big ways and small ways. In fact, we sing a song around here a lot. You have called me higher, you have called me deeper, I'll go to where you lead me, Lord. Uh, when we sing that song around here, I sing it in the front row louder than any song we sing around here. I do. You have called me higher. You have called me deeper. And I'll go where you lead me, Lord. I really understand this in my own life. You know, I was getting a haircut uh, 8.30 in the morning in Greeley. It's a few years ago. I'm getting a haircut. And the guy cut my hair. There's only four people in the shop. He asks me loud enough for everybody to hear. He goes, so John, how did you end up working at a church? I thought, oh, well, I thought to myself, I don't know if he'll get this, but I took a deep breath. And I said, well, you know what? I became a follower of Jesus when I was 27 years old. And I have, God has given me meaning and purpose and direction ever since. But one day, I said, I prayed a high-risk prayer. I said, God, lead my life. 
Lead my one and only life. And I know it can sound kind of mystical. I said to him, but you know what? God has led my life. God has. God led me to leave teaching in public school. Led me to start playing music in churches. He led me then to start working with middle school and high schoolers in a church. Then he led me out of that youth work. Led me to start a little church in an elementary school in Loveland. God has led me in big ways, I said, that has changed the whole trajectory of my life. And God has led me in small ways. Like I'll be going through my day and all of a sudden I'll feel prompting, you know, to encourage somebody or or to call somebody because something's not right in a relationship. Or I'll feel led by God to make a, a, you know, a sacrifice somewhere or a deed of servanthood towards somewhere. God has led me in big ways. God has led me in small ways, I said, that I've needed to respond to. And I said to him, I said, I never heard an audible voice, never saw a vision, never saw a bright light, never saw an angel in my bedroom. But as sure as I'm sitting here, God has led my life. He looked at me and he said, all righty then. (laughs) Didn't bother me. Didn't bother me. But it's a curious thing. It's a curious thing how God leads people. I mean, look at Exodus 15, 13. In your unfailing love, you lead the people you have redeemed. Psalm 27, verse 11. Teach me how to live, O Lord. Lead me along the right path. You pray sincerely a lead me prayer. God will hear it. God will answer it. You'll be on the adventure of a lifetime. And I want to say one more time, something I've said around here many times, your life is really important. I don't know if you've noticed it or not. This is the only one you get. This is it. This is the ball game right here. You only got from this day to the end for God to lead and guide your life and to be on the adventure God has for you. You got from this day to the end. That's it. That's it. That's it. You know, but... You know, if you say, you know what, God, I got a better way. I got a better path I'm going to go down. I'm going to lead. I'm going to guide my own life. You know what God's most likely to say? Go for it. Go for it. Hang on to the steering wheel real tight because I got a better way. I got a better path for you. I got a life for you that will help your life count even more, even more. I have a life for you it'll be deeply satisfying for your soul. But God tends to only lead lives when he's invited to. That's why I urge you, I urge you, this week, get alone somewhere. Get quiet, maybe today, and pray. Say, God, lead my life. Lead my life. I only got from this day to the end. I want you to lead my whole life. So the first prayer, search me, search me, stretch me. Third one, lead me. Here's the fourth one, last one, one more. It's also a two-word prayer. It's use me, use me. This prayer ought to have flashing neon warning lights all over it because I know a few prayers that have a sweeping set of consequences as praying this one, use me. Look at this remarkable verse, Ephesians 2.10. It says, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Could it be any clearer? We're created 
by God for good works. We were created to make an impact in this world, make a difference in this world. When we do, we fulfill the purpose of our being alive. And you know what I think this verse says? I think it says to each one of us in this place, we're designed by God, each one of us, with the potential to change the course of human history. If we were to be used, used in the hands of the master craftsman, God himself. And there are so many things we can throw ourselves into today. So many needs in our world. We can't, we can never numb ourselves to these things. We can't just look the other way. I mean, it's the truth is, there's still over 795 million people in the world go to bed hungry every day. 16,000 children die of hunger-related issues every day in our world, every single day. 1.4 million children die every year because they drink and bathe in unsafe water. 10% of the world's population seriously undernourished, on the brink of starvation, most of them living in extreme poverty, living on less than $1.25 a day. And it's still true. There are more refugees in the world today than any other time in history. Over 65 million, over half, women and children, living in the, the babies being born in terrible, terrible situations. And when we talk about refugees, we always have to be careful. We always got to remember. Jesus was a refugee before his first birthday. Today, more than 98 million adolescent girls are not in school. Not in school because they live places. They, because of poverty and sexual discrimination and mindsets that believe because they're a girl, they shouldn't have an education. So many things we can throw ourselves into that God wants to change in this world? How could anybody ever say, this is not the most exciting time to ever be alive? There are so many needs. And even in our own country, one in five children live below the poverty line. That's 15 million children. One in four women will be abused at some point in their lifetime. Over three million children reported, neglected, and abused every single year. 50% of all homeless people are women and children, most of them fleeing abusive homes. All the technology, all the knowledge today, all the apps, all the scientific discoveries, they have not taught us to value people the way God does. Taught, not taught us to see every human being is created in the image of God. I mean, things today go for top dollar. People are at an all-time low, and that breaks the heart of God. And you need to know, along with all of that breaking the heart of God, the conditions of this world, God made, God made a strong decision a long time ago not to change this world by waving a heavenly wand. God made a decision a long time ago to transform this world through the, through the likes of you and me, everyday people just like you and me. That's why Mother Teresa said, we're the hands, we're the feet of Jesus today. The good, the change that God wants to bring in this world, he does through the likes of us, us. Which is why the most powerful prayer you can pray, I think, is use me. Use me, God, use my one and only life. 
Show me what part you want me to play in the transformation of this world. God, use my head, my heart. Use my hand, hands, my resources, my money. Use me for your purpose in this world. And God's looking for young people and old people and women and men who will commit their lives to him, who can't be bought, whose values and character are above money, who will not, uh, you know, who will look beyond the self-centered trends of our day and who will say, God, use me. Use me, I'm ready. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll feel what you want me to feel. I'll experience your joy, your sorrow, your sadness, your anger. Show me, God, what you want me to do. My life's open to you. Use me. Use me to show your love to people. But again, God tends only to use, use lives that are where he's invited to. Which is why I would urge you again on this one. I'm one step from begging. Get alone at a quiet place. This week, get on your knees. Say, God, search me. God, search me, stretch me, lead me. And I only have from here to the end. Use my life. Use me. Well, I'm out of time. And so... Let's bow our heads, and I want to pray these four prayers for us. Let's bow our heads together. God, on behalf of everyone here, uh, I pray stretch us, stretch us. Show us where we need to change. Show us where we need to grow, where we need to heal, really. Show us those little issues that we have that are not fully surrendered to you, and give us the courage to, to turn from them, to face them, turn from them. And God, through your spirit, direct us. Direct us to bring healing and the power to change. And God, stretch us, increase our faith, increase our boldness. God, we don't want to cave in and not stand up for people that are in need. Stretch our patience, stretch our love, our kindness. We ask for that. And God, lead our life. We only have from here this day to the end. Be on the adventure you would have for us. I pray many people would say, God, lead my life. And God, use us. Use us for your purpose in this world. Use us as we were designed for. Built to make a difference in this world. To bring your kingdom to earth that's in heaven. And God, I pray that for all of us. I pray that for our church. And today, if you need to come to salvation, just pray with me. Say, Jesus, come into my life. I don't understand everything, but but I turn my life over to you. And I trust you with my life. Thank you for what Jesus did on the cross for me. I give myself to you today. In Jesus' name, amen.